Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. I am Rob, and I have with me you, sir. Hello. Hello. What's happening? Living the dream. You know, dealing with stupid parents. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It sucks. My my industry's got completely uh, just out of control. It's like the Wild West out there with these companies popping up all over the place, and the insurance companies uh, not doing what they're supposed to do, so... It's making it pretty tough on us. We need a big giant three inch hailstorm, uh, three inch hailstones raining from the sky in a giant uh, prevalent neighborhoods uh, for daddy to make for some daddy money. to make a little scratch. Keep so, yeah. keep, some, keep the lights on. Yeah, we got to pretty much have a roof missing before insurance company is going to cover it now. So it's which is the biggest racket in America. It is. It's insurance is organized crime, one hundred percent, without a doubt. Uh, it's organized crime. Legalized lawn sharking. It is. Um, we started this thing off listening to little Stone Temple Pilots. I got a funny story about that. I was a huge fan back in the day. I loved uh, Stone Temple Pilots. And uh, I remember there was a ra- You remember 99X, the radio yeah. station? Hey, when 99X, well, right before it went to 99X is when the Braves won in 95. And this is how I date myself. I knew that they were going to play all the news, the clips from the game and Bream sliding in. I put in two cassette tapes and hit record oh yeah and played that thing from like from the time they won all night long i had hours of just uh power 99 yeah power 99 went to 99x that's right there was like a pop station and he went to alternative like yeah overnight i remember they had a little commercial they just basically killed it off right on air so but uh there was a stone to a pops was doing an acoustic set in atlanta and the radio station was giving away tickets it was only going to be just like I don't know, maybe 30 people in the room. And I was like just hovering over the phone at work, waiting for them to say to call in to try to get it. And you had to answer questions. So I get through and they got, you want to go see Stone Temple Pots? I was like, hell yeah. And he goes, okay, all you got to do. And then Ross Cavett is a uh, reporter in, in Georgia. He was on the news. He was on the news. Every, I forgot yeah, if it I was remember. Channel 5, Channel 2, whatever it was. They was like, spell Ross Cavett and you're in. And I misspelled his last name. And I never forgave myself for it. There was like, oh, so close. Sorry. And that's before Google. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, son of a bitch. So I had a chance to go see him. And then, of course, he dies <laughs> later on down the road. And I never get to see him. So speaking of dying. We got a lot of it. We got a lot of it. But honestly, this one is way too good to not. I wasn't going to do a What the Florida today. But, uh. I came across this one, and it's way too good, so let's go ahead and do that. Get it out of the way. On today's What the Florida, black belt Florida woman breaks boyfriend's nose for refusing sex and then coughs coronavirus on EMTs. When the medics arrives to the scene, 
<laughs> you want to see this lady? She looks mean as hell. When medics arrive on the scene to offer assistance, the woman coughed on them while screaming, I got coronavirus. That's better than AIDS and trying to bite them. Oh, yeah. That used to be the thing back in the day. Yeah. Uh, nothing is more dangerous than a woman scorned, except maybe an upset woman who's a black belt in karate with coronavirus who needs to be serviced. <laughs> a Florida woman caused multiple disturbances after she allegedly beat up her boyfriend using her martial arts skills. It doesn't say what she's versed in. Everybody um, wants <laughs> when the first responders arrived at the scene, the woman deliberately coughed on them and claimed that she was infected with COVID-19. Uh, 38-year-old LaDonald Shakiki Holmes, that's her name, became agitated with her boyfriend after he refused to hook up with her because she previously decided to get back with her ex-husband. Did she go by Kiki? Because if she went by LaDonald. Shakiki. Shakiki. I stepped in some of that at somebody's yard the other day. Shakaka. At- <laughs> I was like, I got Shakiki all over my damn new shoes. She'll whoop your ass. Uh, he's like, nah, I ain't sleeping with you, you nasty hoe. Uh, not taking no for an answer, Holmes, who had previously had battery convictions, he should have known better, uh, reportedly roundhouse kicked her boyfriend in the face <laughs> before punching him. I'm thinking like she Judy chopped him. The boy, no, roundhouse, roundhouse kicked, kicked to, to the, the face. face. How do you not see that coming? Is she, how, Is she do we might, have specs on her? I, how tall? How She, she looks rough, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm talking like she. She might. She might. Ricky Tidwell's mama playing middle linebacker yeah, in Alabama. Okay, yeah, for well, real. Okay. Um, uh, the boyfriend immediately left the house and called nine one one. I would have too. Um, it should be noted the arrestee is a black belt in martial arts. Still, don't talk about what discipline she is. Uh, and reports the altercation. By the time police arrived at the scene of the disturbance in Orlando suburb of Lady Lake Holmes, boyfriend had reduced had been reduced to a bloody mess. During the encounter with the police, Holmes had been lying in bed and refused to answer any questions uh, directed at her. When cops tried to drag her outside, um, Holmes suddenly went limp. She knows. Oh, I've had that. Done. And, and the headline says she knows karate and corona. Karate and Corona. We had a kid when I worked at the residential facility. He was about five foot one. He went about two sixty five. And if we had to go hands on, he would go limp. And you talk about oh, you can't pick up somebody that just lays dead. Oh, he was, he was the world. And then when you tried to do the legalized moves on him, he'd be like, "Got your arm in the wrong place." I'm yeah, on you. I'm like, <laughs> really. <laughs> oh my god! Concerned that the woman might need medical attention, police called for an ambulance. When EMTs arrived at the location to provide homes with medical assistance, her demeanor quickly turned aggressive against the officers and first responders. Like uh, this coffee's doing inside my body right now, I just got real aggressive. Uh, Holmes' behavior be- uh, began so aggressive that the medic had to sedate her to prevent further. Oh, they had to they had to drink her ass. They gave her the booty juice. Did they bring Stifler over there and he tar- he tranked her in the neck? <laughs> it didn't slow her down though instead she coughed all over everybody while placing the restie in a stretcher the restie <laughs> shouted i have coronavirus and coughed directly on a medic on a medic's face which resulted in uh copulous amounts of saliva landing in the paramedic's face and their police their police report stated let me just go ahead and say he this. didn't give her the stone cold stunner let me just say this there will be two arrests that day and i would be looking for another job because somebody would just get beat unmercifully if they spit in my face well um, if it's anything like around here if you get fired from the police department you can become fired fireman yeah if you get fired from both of them they go be make an EMT. emt yeah and then if you screw that up just don't, go a couple counties over don't waste your skills yeah we're trying to keep you back in you know get you back in circulation. oh you atomic elbowed a woman that coughed on you come on buddy yeah <laughs> it's a sign-on bonus <laughs> as a result home was charged with two counts of felony battery she was released on a seven thousand dollar bond and will be arraigned on april the 13th which was 2020 it's already happened um i bet there was like something in the arraignment that says when you go to pick her up, if she fails to appear, shoot her with a trank. Yeah, trank, trank her far distance. And wear your face masks. Um, there's been no news yet regarding the possible uh, possible health risk posed by Holmes' stunt. Holmes was taken to the local hospital for evaluation, but uh, was not stated in affidavit where she was positive for coronavirus. It's unclear where the medic who Combs had coughed on received any health evaluation either. What about the boyfriend who got his face kicked in? Like, He's under witness protection program. Yeah. I mean, what happened to him? I'm coming for you. Uh, well, this is, I mean, and this is kind of, uh, 
kind of along the same things, but it's not uh, in Florida. But you know, it's serious. It's a serious offense to be coughing on folks if you think that you have a sickness. It's just like it's not as severe as sleeping with people with an STD, knowing you have it, or like age. You can be tried for murder, yeah, or, or attempted murder, or, or whatever. Well, but uh, you know, this, this, this whole down with the sickness thing is a is a big problem. But here's what I've noticed on the ride over this morning. If you are in your car wearing rubber gloves and a mask. I'm laughing at you first. Well, yeah. Then, I drive by you like you can drive and you you dress yourself. And my nine-year-old will look at you and go, what's wrong with that fool? Yes. Yeah. I really want to like roll the window down and go, hey, 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 excuse me. Do you understand what rubber gloves are for? They keep the bacteria. If you put them on and go into public and then you touch then you things. Touch- and, and then, then you, you get, get in back in there and put it back on the steering wheel. You're contaminated. You contaminated your car. Yeah. And excuse me, but I guarantee you, you wear both of those in the shower. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Again, brushing your teeth with rubber gloves on. I have a good friend of mine who uses rubber gloves to eat hot wings. And we crucify him unmercifully. I've seen that if they're extra wet, I might try it. <laughs> <laughs> Got no hot sauce on it? Um, but Every time I come in the kitchen. <laughs> but it's unrelated, but it's kind of in this, and I see this too. And this just was like a story below that one that I'd read. Um, there was an, inf- there's just an influx of people that threaten others, like during an outbreak. People just are mentally ill and just, you know, I'm going to cough on you, crazy shit like that. In the words of Mike Tyson, some of you have forgotten how to get pumped in the faith. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, there's a woman in Pennsylvania who had deliberately coughed on $35,000 worth of produce in a supermarket. And I would so have. The supermarket had Roundhouse to, kicked her to the face. Yeah, she needed one. But they had to throw every bit of that produce away. So at what point, you know, is, you know. Hold on, hold on. She hold should on. be responsible for everything that got threw away, for sure. Agreed. And she should have had to pay Disorderly conduct. Yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But here's my thing. Are we really worried about some Karen coughing on our lettuce when we all know it's grown in human feces right. in another country. At any, at any moment, there could be a press release that says, do not eat romaine lettuce because there was a worker in the field that took a shit all over everything. It may have E. coli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. produce wash that they tell you to do, I'd have been like, I'll make y'all a hell of a deal on that $35,000 worth of produce. <laughs> I'll did. give you 100 bucks right now. You, you go to Collinsville and sell it. That's what they do with it. That's why all them people are selling. Shit, I go to North Rome. I'm like, how the fuck do y'all have fresh pineapples in Collinsville, Alabama? Well, you know, man. Where does that come from? There was this truck. It turned over. Hey, now, no, this is a this is no lie. My mom, when I was a kid, worked for the State Patrol. There, We were up there, me and my dad. They had to, She had to work on Saturdays a lot. So me and my dad and my brother went up there. And we're standing there shucking and jiving with the – and then all of a sudden it's like – code red everybody just flees and they're like what happened oh man there's a uh a um truck turnover Uh, so between red bud exit and the the main calhoun exit at 53 me and my dad and my brother take off there's a damn watermelon truck turned over and that mid mid summer yes around about july and this is what's even funnier yes so here's what happened. We're in a pickup truck, and the cop or the patrol officers are like, "Hey, Agen, you need to fill your truck up and take so and so back to the patrol barracks. We got two other pickup trucks. We're gonna fill them up because the guy had to write the whole thing off. Yeah, one of them went to Collinsville. One of them went to Trade Days. So Sunville, funny, and they, they made sold a those killing. Yeah, of course made they did. Killing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Um. Well, we want to wrap up. We've been talking about uh, David Krish and Branch Davidians, Mount Carmel, and that whole fiasco with the United States government. And uh, today today brings us to part three of this. Uh, we're going to wrap this one up. So what we're going to do is we're going to go into the actual siege. Uh, that is what they call it, Operation Trojan Horse, uh, where the FBI and the alcohol, tobacco, firearm uh, organization, basically everybody that they can pull from everywhere is in to take take over this compound uh, back on April the 19th of 1993. Uh, and we're also going to dig into maybe a few things that nobody wants to talk about that quite possibly could be called conspiracies. So, and Yeah, when we left you after we passed the offering plate in part two, was it two or three? Two. Or, okay. Yeah, this is so in part three. two, after the offering plate was passed, 
uh, we told you that they knew they were coming. The TV crew shows up, tells the look or asks the mailman where to, to get there, and the mailman's a Branch Davidian, and he calls Koresh. Well, what you don't know is the guy, the ATF had actually sent in an undercover agent named last name Rodriguez, and forgive me, I don't know what his first name is, but probably Alex. A Rod before he was K Rod, A Rod. He M- played football at Texas A and I. I don't know. Robert. Sorry. Robert. Robert Rodriguez. I didn't see that coming. So Robert and another lady and I think one more person are set up in a neighboring farm next to Mount Carmel. Koresh knows he and he tells him all the time, Look, man, you're more than welcome to come over here, but I know you're working for the government. I know she's working for the government. They they already know. They I mean, knew they knew. And so he's trying to win his win his soul yeah. over. And they said that they the think serpent's root. Rodriguez was at a crossroads because he kind of he knew got he to know do- him. I think he knew what he was doing was what the end game on this was going to be bad. Yeah, and we'll get into that too. Because here's the thing: before we even get started, and we kind of said it in part two, we are not defending Crush at all. No, not at all. No, he deserved everything that he got. Yeah, and it was still too good for him. Yes, because his best friend shot him in the face. But anyway. Um, the thing is, I think Rodriguez called himself and he warned him. He was like, look, man, they're coming. And he goes, no, nah, they're always coming. He goes, no, they're coming like now. And then he gets the phone call. And so Koresh tells him, said, look, man, you can stay here if you want to. I think you're a good guy. But if I was you, I would go ahead and get out of here. Mm-hmm. And so he walks off as they roll up to the main gate. And that's what's crazy is the thing, there's no element of surprise this was a huge publicity stunt for the ATF coming off Ruby Ridge. Mm-hmm. They needed something to polish their image. And what did we talk about, like, off air just, just a second ago? This is – Bill Clinton has just pretty much been elected president. He just named uh, – Janet Reno. Janet Reno. Who'd been on the job for how Will long? Will Farrell. She, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Attorney General. She'd been on the job 38 days. And that's where – this conspiracy start because there's a White House memo that was released that said nothing will be done at Mount Carmel without the approval of the White House. Well, she falls on the sword during the Senate hearings and says, "Nope, my decision. Come on." It was yeah. yeah. She, you're brand new in the job. You're the first female. They don't want to see you fail. You want to keep your job. This is what you're going to say. Right. Yeah. Well, the other thing is he's got to be advising her, and she's a well-known attorney to get this position. She's not an idiot. Right. But she sure played one on TV. She did. She did. But anyway, and we'll get into her. But basically, this could have been called off. It could have been just, you've lost the element of surprise. This ain't going to work. But that, but it's like you said, they didn't want they, no. There was no element of surprise. It was going to be a big spectacle. Because here's what's crazy, and you can look this up, fact, fact, fact. They were issued cameras along with their ammunition and rifles because they wanted everybody taking pictures of what a great thing they did. But here's the other thing, and we talked about this with Randy Weaver. We've talked about it with other people. Koresh ran every morning at the ass crack of dawn, the same route. They knew his schedule every single minute of the day. All they had to do was just act on that. Did he was it... in Waco every Saturday morning shucking and jiving at the barbershop and the local eatery. Mm-hmm. You could have caught him. I wonder if he ever did any open mic nights with his acoustic guitar. They said he did go to the bars really? and play. Oh, my God. Yeah. They said everybody in Waco knew him, and everybody was like, hey, that's the guy that lives out there. That, cra- miles. that crazy son of a bitch who thinks he's Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah. He yeah. Was, everybody knew him, and they, they wasn't – scared of him per se but they knew he was a little off but they didn't yeah. he wasn't like walking in i mean ask yourself fire and brimstone yeah, all ask the time. yourself a question how many how many people do you know that's a little off you know what i mean so it's not like it's some rare occurrence there's a lot two out of the a lot three of them people in this room right now are a little off yeah yeah two of them at least <laughs> especially one laying on my georgia rug in a blue shirt comatose <laughs> but anyway so my whole thing is this was a huge publicity stunt and they come out afterwards, oh, we didn't know his his whereabouts, his moving. You had someone on the inside that would tell you where he was at. Don't give me that shit. Yeah. So Rodriguez is at a crossroads. He's trying to tell them, no, don't come in. They come in, and he tells him straight up, he's like, you need to go, man. And they start basically arming up. And here's the, the premise of the 
the search warrant is we talked about the rumor was they were doing, they were abusing children. There was no evidence of that. It was investigated not only by Texas defects, but it was also investigated by the Texas Rangers. They couldn't find anything. And the local sheriff had actually gone in at the discretion of the ATF to search for these illegal weapons and found everything by the book. Right. And in one of those crazy homemade videos that Koresh releases, he talks about the yellow sheets. Well, back then, when you filled out registration for firearms, you got yellow sheets. It was a yellow sheet you had to fill out. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, when all this is said and done, the yellow sheets won't lie. Mm -hmm. He didn't have anything illegal. So then they're trying to like, plan this raid they've planned this raid for like three or four months well they go and they ask for special services to help train them fast rope and all this other breaching and shit like that mm-hmm. you can't train military can't train other u.s law enforcement things unless it is suspected that there is drugs involved mm-hmm. there's where the meth lab comes yeah. in so that's what i was going to say so we started this whole thing out the fbi was building a case united states government's building a case on sexual abuse to children. Which fell apart. Then we went to uh, arms Illegal and weapons. Arms, suppressors, automatic. Yeah. Yeah. Manipulating firearms. Uh, now we're, we, that didn't, that didn't work out. That didn't pan out. So now we're at drug, at a drug raid. There's, there's a meth lab. They're, they're producing an underground drugs. meth lab that we have to go in and, and make sure that it's not operational. Yeah. yeah. So now that's, that's the Trump card. That's the coup de grace. That's it. That's the end. I, of we got to go. Yeah. There's children living there. Well, here's the thing that's so ill-conceived about this raid. Not only could you have picked him up, and there would have been near... You could have made a publicity stunt out of it in downtown Waco if you wanted to. But no, we got to have all this bullshit. They They thought they could just walk in, put him in zip ties, and walk him out. They didn't have a triage tent set up. They didn't have medical assistance on site. The nearest hospital was 12 miles away in Waco... Nobody on the grounds was trauma trained. And let me, I'll give you an example of how ridiculous that is. You go anywhere in the South on a Friday night at a football game, there's, there's at least there's at least two ambulances there. And there's people there to take care of anybody that gets injured. If you're going on a full on fucking scale, uh basically a small war with a compound using, you know, the military and the FBI, CIA, ATF. And you don't have any of that there present. It, it, none of it make none of it makes any sense. None of it. No, and this is what I, I just don't understand. So, what kind of tipped this whole thing off was the Waco Tribune and Herald knew that there was rumors about the children, so they're going to do an expose on Koresh, and so they call the ATF and say, "Look, I don't know what y'all are planning, when you're planning, but we're going to drop this six part series tomorrow." Well, the ATF becomes a dick swinging contest. I got to get out there first, and so as soon as the paper drops, everybody in town's kind of like, "We know this guy. None of this is true." Yeah. Now he may have some crazy views, and he's a doomsday guy, which that's what he is. I and mean, he he again, wholeheartedly is a doomsday. And person. again, there are a shitload of those people in the world today. Yeah. Yeah. Like I guarantee, you I could go find five <laughs> in in the city limits. Yeah. No. No doubt. No doubt. But anyway, he's you no. Know, Anyway, he thinks he's Jesus playing a guitar. He's got this end game. And that's one thing they had, like I told you, they had looked at that one cult guy, and he told him, he's like, look, you got to be very careful in this situation. You may be playing into his end game. So, you know, proceed with caution, da-da-da-da-da. Which very well could have been exactly could what have been a lot of truth to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we get into the official timeline. So now, you know, everybody's... They they basically validated everything that he was telling them was going to happen. Right, and so he starts going around the compound. I've been telling y'all this is coming. Here they come, here they come. So at 9.30 a.m., ATF agents attempt to execute the arrest and search warrants at the compound. Gunfire abrupts. Now, it's a matter of he said, he said, and we'll get into why we believe one side's truer than the other at the end but all hell breaks loose there's four atf agents that are killed 16 are wounded an undetermined number of davidians are killed and injured and within a few hours the fbi has to come in and you know pat the little brother atf on the head y'all screwed this up we got to take over 
So Jeff Jamar is named the on-site FBI commander. And then by the end of the afternoon, they have already had their hostage rescue teams arrive, and they start a telephone conversation with Koresh. Now, what I don't understand is ATF's leader, Jim Cavanaugh, is still there. They get the Waco police to, well, when it starts, let me back up. When it starts, they cut the phone lines. Mm Mm-hmm. So all the communication between them and there's no more communication anymore. Well, he somehow he has another line or something, and he calls. Not is he calling nine one one? He calls nine one one and gets the sheriff's office. Yeah. And says, "Look, you got to call him off." And the and the sheriff's like, "Who are you who, talking about?" Yeah, they had no idea it was even. Fucking no, happening. they didn't even let them know. But everybody else knew. Yeah. Oh, we don't. We're not going to let the local sheriff know. Yeah. So and you can hear in the background he's screaming and you can hear gunfire. Tell him to stop. We've got women and children here. Tell him to stop. Tell him to stop. Mm-hmm. And so he has to drive 10 miles out there to, to try to, well, by then, it's way, it's, way too it's late. It's done way too late, yeah. So then you... I, I mean, you put them at this point, they're defending themselves, in my opinion. The, you know what I'm talking about? The the, the people inside the, the compound, are, they're, they're forced to defend themselves. Right. It, it, and here's the thing. It comes out at the trial with the 11 survivors. Oh, it's that a, they tried to convict. The, yeah. And he comes out and says, if a person, no matter whether the infringing party is law enforcement or not, if they believe they are under grave danger and have access to a firearm, it is legal for them to pick up said firearm and defend their home. Mm -hmm. So basically he was telling them, look, you can't convict these 11 if you have evidence of them picking up a firearm because you were attacking their house. And so it's... it's But anyway, so Michael Schroeder, who is a Branch Davidian... Here's what's happening. He parks his truck and tries to sneak in to the compound to give them even further warning. He's gunned down by either an ATF or FBI. The rumor is it was ATF. Mm -hmm. They're like, we didn't do it. You did it. Yeah. No, you did it. Right. Now, supposedly, um, Jeff Jamar, which is the on-site FBI commander, arrives at Waco and chooses Byron Sage as the chief negotiator. President Clinton... Follows the events closely, so keep that in mind. So you've got an F, you've got the head FBI guy on site. You've got a a chief negotiator for the FBI there trying to open up communications. Well, then you've got, and I mean we can go through day by day by day, but we're not going to. And so I'm trying, just kind of jumping around. Then you have, so the negotiator gets on and he starts trying to talk to Crash. You ever try to carry on a conversation with a narcissist or a megalomaniac, it's not going to go well. Right. So Quantico calls and says, look, from our perspective at the um, behavior analyst, BAU, mm-hmm. they give them a profile. This is how you need to proceed. You need to let him have a little bit of control, but you've got to give him things to show your good faith. So Koresh lets what? Was it 11, 12, 13? Some, I want to say less than 15 kids it, loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was less than 15. So they let them loose. Well, they were supposed to get something. That, like I don't know what they were supposed to get. Well, that they didn't. Well, then the negotiator says, hey, you know, that was a good thing. Let's talk about getting some more kids out. And basically, Crush goes, look, the rest of the kids in here are my kids, and they're going to stay with me. So there's no more coming out. And then... They're like, okay, well, then the HRT team goes and cuts the power without the negotiator knowing. So now you've you've just destroyed all that headway. All that lines you made. of communication. You've cut off all the you cut off. Yeah, the power. I mean, there's it's 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 getting. And dire. so now, correct tells the negotiator, y'all are lying to. This is just what I've been talking to the, my people about. You're lying to us. You always lie to us. And the negotiator tries to tell him, look, man, that was above me. That was not me. I don't know. I don't care. You work for the government. I've been the same way. Yeah. So would I. Yeah. And so this goes back and forth, back and forth. And so they send out somewhere in the 51 days, they tell him for him to get the power back on or something, that he has to give them evidence that no women and children are being harmed. So they give them these video recorders. Well, he makes, God, I don't know how many hours, which finally are released, and you can watch some of them on YouTube. The kids are fine. Yeah, He's sitting there with a bullet hole trying to nurse it, but the kids are fine. They're interviewing other people in there, the women, the other members. They're fine. Hey, we're here on our own accord, da-da-da-da-da. Guess what? 
they don't release those to the public because they have an internal memo mm-hmm. that says if this is released, it may sway public opinion to Koresh. Yeah. Yeah, you think? You think that might be what happens? Dumbasses. But anyway, so this goes on and on and on. And so Koresh calls in to radio stations. They are, yeah, he tries to tell his story, and then it turns into preaching. And, and just remind everybody, too, this this was a 51-day affair. Yeah, right? this, this is, was this was almost a two-month two month, uh Yeah. Situation. So, so imagine it being, starts in February, and they have, and that's what's funny is I'm glad you said that the profilers told him said, "Look, I think he'll re- he will surrender, but you're going it'll have to be after uh, Easter because that will be be if you go in before Easter, you're fulfilling his prophecy mm-hmm. because he can be killed and then resurrected. Wait until after Easter. Right, right. And you got to look at it too. I mean, you think about if you've been in any kind of storm situation or whatever, and you've been out of out of power for a couple of hours. It's it's annoying, right? It's annoying. Imagine being two months, almost two months without power. They didn't have running water to begin with. Yeah. So all your food's getting spoiled. You know, there's there's no way to. Uh, man, I yeah. I mean, people are they're they're setting the tone for what's inside of that compound. These people are losing their damn minds. And then to ratchet it up. The negotiators are working. Like they spend almost eight hours on the phone listening to Crash babble, basically. Well, it comes out that he's working on this final manuscript about the seven seals, and when it's finished, he'll release itself. So this is conveyed and kicked up the chain. Well, that gets blown all the hell. So the HRT, again, this time makes sure power can't be restored, and I think they actually <clears throat> excuse me, cut the lines. Then they start blasting... All this crazy ass music, these god awful sounds at all hours of the night, spotlights on every window, helicopters buzzing the compound, basically sleep depriving. Yeah. And you're talking about kids as young as one. Mm-hmm. Imagine what kind of trauma you're putting on those kids. Right. For life. And you've already, basically, those kids are sponges. It doesn't matter whether or not, and it's like the old picture. At the KKK rally where the, the little baby, he can't be more than two, is in a hood in a robe, and he's shaking the black uh, police officer's hand. Mm-hmm. Kids don't know evil. They're taught evil. Right. And so that whole thing is they're being shown now. You're talking about a whole trust issue for a whole generation of kids right. that survived. Right. But so they screw that up. They start playing uh, blaring uh, dying rabbits, rabbits being slaughtered. Yeah. I mean, which if you've ever heard that, it's terrible. It is awful. So this is the, now this is all like in the beginning of March, and so this keeps rocking on. Well, the, somehow they get it to where they're going to bring in milk for the babies and the cereal and the formula and whatever. Well, they bug the milk crates, and supposedly they hear how they're going to go out in the blaze of glory. They're going to set the whole compound on fire and it'll all be, you know, we're going to die a fiery death. Well, that's strictly hearsay because supposedly it was only Koresh and one other. I don't know. I have my own opinions on whether yeah. or not that's true, but I, I'm right there with you. But no, I mean, this goes on. And for those of you that want a day by day, hour by hour, get on PBS's website and type in Waco, the inside story. And they give you pay. There's five pages. They do February 28th when the, uh, the siege starts through March the 7th, then eight, the 8th of March through the 18th of March. This rucks, walks on about every 10 or 12 days. They're updating it. And what's crazy is during the middle of this, guess who shows up outside the gate? Oklahoma City. Timothy McVeigh. And his whole thing is there. He distrusted the government after being in the military and this is just playing into future endeavors. Yeah. And whether they wanted to admit it or not, they lit that fuse in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And it was, he made sure that if, if you wasn't paying attention, when he set that truck bomb off, it was April 19th, two years later. Right or wrong, the government doubles down on it's our way or the highway. So they ask for the use of tear gas. At first, Reno's like, nope, not happening. I'm not gassing women and children. Well, then they start feeding her this, and it's almost like the way I saw it, and I could believe this, it's almost like she's got this 
office full of swinging dicks, and they're like, "Now listen, honey, I know you're new to the job. Mm-hmm. They they really don't. They talk her. down. To yeah, her. they talk down to her. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, they're trying to explain to her, we got to get this ended. Why? What is the end? What if you had waited sixty five days? You're not. He's eventually going to run out of food. Yeah, they've got to come out. Yeah, the power's gone. But I think the whole thing where they spin it, where they made the story up about um, that they were going to go out in a blaze of glory and burn the place to the ground, that just like it, it sensationalized the whole. Um, we got to get, you know, it put it put them on the move. Like we got to get in there now. They're going to burn this place to the ground. All these people are going to die. And that's the thing that I don't understand. But I remember it, as a kid, I was a senior true? in high school. No, it yeah, wasn't. It wasn't true. I remember in high school, I remember my opinion when it started burning. Well, hey, they finally burned him out. Yeah. Because you'd been fed this line of shit, mm-hmm. and then it takes years for it to actually come out. So here's the thing. We talked about this off air. She's, um, Will Ferrell is <laughs> new. She's 38, the meatloaf. 38 days in. She's being consulted by the president. Don't For fucking sure. fool yourself. He's, he's telling her what to do. You're not going to do something without your boss's approval. Now, she knows how to play the good old boy system, and she understands that if shit blows back, she's going to have to take a mouthful of it. And mm-hmm. she does. She falls on the sword, and she tells everybody. She's on this hearing afterwards. Yep, I screwed up. The director of FBI, yep, I screwed up. But here's the thing. They lied to the American people about sending in incendiary devices. They sent in military-grade CS gas canisters that gets so hot insurgents or the enemy cannot pick it up yeah. so that the gas will disperse. Mm-hmm. Well, when they do, when they, they punch holes in to the walls and they're pumping, you can see the footage, they're pumping CS gas in. Yeah. Well, they had all this stuff blocked off. And then, so it's not spreading like they want to. So they're trying to get them to airdrop CS gas in. Well, somehow when they punch a hole in, they cover up the door that leads, that would have led underground. Basically, it's an escape escape tunnel to a buried school bus where basically they could kind of wait it out. There was some food and water down there. Mm -hmm. There's like 14 women and children die of smoke inhalation down there because they couldn't get the hatch open. Yeah. When they bust the wall open, there's seven or eight people come out. Or maybe less than that. Um, they are immediately arrested. Well, hell, they've got CS gas. It's like they're, the kids walking out of the thing at the at basic training. They yeah, can't see they shit. They can't see nothing. Yeah, they're handcuffed, put in orange jumpsuits, hungry, tired. <clears throat> I mean, they're just grilled. Yeah. There's one woman that jumped out of the second story on fire. She had fifty burns to fifty percent of her body. They didn't let her go to the hospital till nine hours later. Man, it's just ridiculous. And she was an older lady. She was in her sixties. Yeah, it's ridiculous. This whole thing could have been, and I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but this was a shit plan from the go. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they didn't even have a plan B. And the old saying is, everything's great on paper until the shit hits the fan and somebody pops off around and then your plan goes out. Yeah. At that moment, there you cannot tell me, at with all that shit going on, someone didn't say what happens when they open fire. Mm-hmm. Cannot tell me that, man. Yeah. But yeah, we get into... Supposedly, the fire breaks out in three separate places at the same time, which would lead you to believe that it was set internally. Internally, yeah. And just like prophets, things coming true, there had been perfect weather until that day, and there was wind gust of like 30 miles an hour. So all it needed— so it's charging all that those flames. And it's blowing it back into the building. Yeah. And that building, from what I could gather, basically was like, just rough press board and hay bales. I mean, yeah. it was a tinderbox. Yeah. And you got, you know, when they start doing the autopsies, and you can read them online, I mean, it's it's horrible. Um, kids suffering death from smoke inhalation, blunt force trauma from stuff falling from the ceilings. Um, there was one lady who, um, she had a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and she was pregnant. The three-year-old died of blunt force trauma. Her and the one-year-old... Uh, died of a bullet hole to the head and they theorized that she saw the three-year-old get crushed and knew she wasn't going to get out and so she mercifully killed her one-year-old and, and killed her, herself killed herself and that's just one i mean there's tons of others yeah. out there like that and, and i mean no disrespect to the families i don't want to 
you know, tread on sure. memories and stuff like that. But when faced with that, it's kind of like nine eleven. Do you jump or do you burn alive? Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to ever Have to die. make that decision. I don't ever want to die by fire or die by drowning. Yeah. But given the choice, I'll take a mouthful of water. I am not sitting there letting all that engulf me. Right. And you got, and I believe uh, in the end of the day, you had 76 people, including 21 children, that died uh, during that way, during the thing. Um, I, I It was at 76 senseless deaths. Uh, I mean, could it all have been prevented? Could it have been, could it, could it something have happened different? I mean, we'll never know. Um, but we try to uncover these, these other things, these other, again, trying to make you guys ask questions, you know, it is just research and ask questions and try to figure out what was the best, uh, best way to handle it, you know, and were we being told the truth about how it all went down, uh, in other stories that we've told on this podcast, there's always an underlying, uh, there's always something underlying. There's something different, uh, than we've been told on through the media or through the newspapers or now social media. There's always, there's always a different, uh, aspect. It seems like there's a, there's somebody's playing a different game than what we're being told is being played. Uh, which that's why we're always trying to make you guys ask questions and don't just take for, take, you know, what you hear, uh, from the media as as the God's truth, you know. And I thought another thing was interesting out of this, and I didn't know this, uh, but everybody knows Alex Jones, a big conspiracy theorist, and he's he's all over social media. I don't know if they did they pull him off of YouTube. Did he did he lose his YouTube account? He lost his YouTube. He lost all this all the social media. But this guy, uh, he this this spurned him on into asking questions. This is this is what set him off to uh, start down that road to become one of those one of those people that just didn't want to take what was, what was being force fed. Um, and he started digging in and asking questions. Uh, and of course they, they, they'll have you believe he's a lunatic. And that whole thing, they, they play that thing online about how, um, they're putting these chemicals in the water. It's turning the frogs gay. Guess what? (laughs) It turned the frogs gay. He wasn't lying, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I found it. So the, the guy's now retired, but his name was Gary Nosner. He was the negotiation coordinator at Waco from March the 1st to March 24th. And from February 28th to March 23rd, a total of 21 children and 14 adults came out as a result of negotiations. He is on record stating that um, the it's called the his quotes called the paradox of power. The more force you bring to a situation, the more likely you are to meet resistance. And it's true. And they said that he voiced his concerns that they were making headway because they were getting children and adults coming out. But then you cut the power and start. Uh, they bring in a damn bull front end bulldozer and bulldoze the cars in the parking lot. That's just pissing on the yeah on them, you know. And and he says, look, what you're doing is not going to get us anywhere closer to to a peaceful ending. He was removed. Immediately off done property. Yep. So, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. But he says, uh, he goes on to say, both good and bad decisions were made on both sides that led to a very tragic conclusion. I agree, but at the end of the day, you could have waited him out. I mean, you had, you had it bugged. You had open communications with him and his number one in charge, I guess. Um, eventually... They're gonna get the you sleep the problem long enough. These women and children are going. They're gonna come out unless they're just totally com- convinced in his message, right? And that's the thing that we kind I kind of saw in one of the um, videos or something that I watched is you have him preaching in the days. Well, then the government's playing right into it by doing certain things, so it makes him look like he's more credible. Sure, yeah, yeah. Anybody that had any question about what he's talking about for 12 hours, you're giving them, they're just validating the whole thing. Yeah, and I just, it's, it's crazy. I don't, so there was a, a post that says, explain it like a five-year-old um, on 
read it, and the lady did a good job of basically breaking it down. Um, and she says that, you know, the whole thing from the time the ATF started basically played into David's hands as the government is Satan and that they are fighting a battle against good and evil and that they are they were just simple people in rural farmland that was a, basically had aggression thrown on them. Mm-hmm. And then the controversy is that how shitty the ATF first handled it, how the FBI come in and said, hold my beer. Yeah. It just does, it doesn't make what you did, and that's what I kind of alluded to, is what you did is you played into a lot of these right-wing militia end-of-days cults. Yeah. You, if they can do this in rural Texas. They can do it here. And that's what happened with McVeigh. Mm-hmm. He was on a, and, you know, we've covered that. He wasn't alone no, when he did it. No, but not at all. I mean, you've got that whole situation, and then, you know, we get into the distrust of the government with him. Then, But the big, crazy, crazy Alex Jones-type conspiracy is, after it's all said and done, it comes out that they have audio from the bugs in the milk crate. They hear, I cannot believe, I cannot remember the guy's name that's been that was his right hand man they hear him Koresh and another one saying all right we've got a lot of fires and so that leads you to believe that those three fires were set by them um and it's that whole megalomaniac he's gonna go out in a blaze of glory as a martyr because that's what he's prophesied to his people and if he's jesus he's gonna come back yeah and hey guess what he did he ain't came back yet. yeah and, and again, I, I feel like we need to reiterate this over and over again. I'm not defending Koresh at all. I'm He's kind a, of not defending anybody, to be honest with you. I'm kind of just showing or I'm trying to convey the fact this was an ill-conceived plan from the get-go, and then you double and triple down on your stupidity, mm-hmm. and you just try to cover it up. Yep. And, and if you want to talk about, no, there wasn't no cover-up, bullshit, there was not no cover-up. I mean, they blamed Koresh for shooting and killing four ATF agents and wounding another 20. And anybody that came out was charged immediately with attempted murder, murder, yeah. a laundry list a laundry of laundry list of stuff, yeah. A 60-year-old woman jumps out of a second floor on fire, and you're going to charge her with all this bullshit? No, yeah. no, no, no. You're going to not give her medical attention for nine hours. Yeah. And she's burned over 50% of her body. Yeah. So after it's all said and done, there's a lot of rumors start kicking up mm-hmm. about who was found, where they were found, who died, what died. So the Texas Rangers come in, and so they start sifting through. It takes, I want to say it takes like two or three days for the rubble to cool off enough for them to actually handle it. And that's how hot the fire was. I'll never forget that, dude. That place was a blaze. It looks like pitching forge right now. Man, feel bad for those people right now. And so you can get on YouTube if you I and mean, you really just have to type in Waco. You don't have to type in Siege or none of that stuff. But uh there's over like an hour and a half of FLIR footage from either a helicopter or a plane that had FLIR capabilities at the time. And you can see the three hot spots as it starts blowing up. So sixty minutes is gonna do this whole thing on the siege at Waco and I think this was either a year or two years later. Maybe it was a year later because it was before Oklahoma City. So they commissioned this guy named Carlos Gigliotti. He is he works for an independent um, digital film company. They analyze footage, da-da-da-da-da. So he's told he's given the originals. Well, the thing is, he's given a digital copy and he's not given the originals. Well, digital copies are compressed, and they can be manipulated. So he figures that out real quick, and he's like, look, I'm not doing this if I don't have the originals. I can't give you my expert opinion Mm -hmm. if I don't have unbiased stuff in front of me. So he finds, and there's several frames, and you can there's several videos out there that show this. There's a a five-man team comes in the back, and there's muzzle flashes. You can count them. Mm -hmm. They're coming in the back of... Before the fire start. Mm-hmm. And so 
He tells 60 Minutes, hey, look, I found some things that's going to blow the lid off of this. It's not. the What I what I found is not being reported. Right. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're gonna, we'll are gonna roll this. And then they kind of, somebody kind of leaks it out. And then they were like, no, nah, man, we're not going to run this right now. Because, you know, all multi, like all giant media conglomerates has an insider, a government insider. Let's just be honest. At one time, they said stupid. that all major, like CBS, ABC, had a CIA agent working. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's your weatherman. Maybe it is. And Glenn Burns, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Glenn Burns. I do too. Um, but anyway, so he calls a buddy of his and says, look, man, I found some crazy shit. You need to come down here to the lab. I'm going to show you. Well, the guy has clearance or whatever. Well, Gigliotti has been suffering from basically flu-like symptoms. And uh, his friend gets there. There's no videotapes, and Gigliotti's dead. He gone. Hashtag <laughs> Clinton body count. Surprise, motherfucker. He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. He gone. He gone like a fart in a dust storm. <laughs> and so this rocks on to we start having congressional hearings. Well, I don't know if you remember this or not, but the Republicans hated Clinton. So yes. any, anything they could do. They still do. Yeah. <laughs> anything they could do to, like, smear him would have worked. Yep. Except this. So – when it comes out that there was a cover-up, there's documents being released that show blatant, not once, not twice, but five or six times where the FBI blatantly lied to missing, the American... Missing video evidence. Yeah. Yeah. There's a senator in Texas that says that's across the aisle now. Eh, do we really want to point fingers? Can we just not let this rest? If 15 people died from a gas explosion in your district, wouldn't you want someone to figure out what the hell happened? Absolutely. Absolutely. Much less 100 in Texas. Yeah. And then there's another senator that basically stands up and says, not only did you lie and mislead the American people, you knew and, like, gives laundry list of shit that could have happened. You were advised, and it goes all the way back to Reno and Clinton. And he has the documents to prove it. And then you got Clinton out there when he actually, when the press was actually had some backbone in him, starts pressing Clinton at something. I don't. I think he was in the Rose Garden doing something. Well, he gets pissed off, and you can see oh, his blood pressure. Oh, he's physically mad, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, well, he was a religious zealot. He got what he got. Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't give a shit if he's crazy as hell. You had nothing on him, and if you had waited him out— yeah, he'd be sitting in a prison right now, but you can cut. And there'd be a hundred people not still dead. alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my biggest thing. Whether he's a religious zealot or not, you played into his whole preachings. There was a, there was a, and I'm trying to like consolidate all this down to, of course, I'm not reading this whole giant article, um, but just kind of, uh, Brevard. There was a, I don't really know how to compile all this together is and to make it make sense basically they took a documentary that was made it was called a waco the big lie it was about uh i think it was how long a half an hour long documentary that's sensationalizing. the first one yeah um they did a part of, two it came out in 1993 and it was played to the jury at the mcveigh trial which we talked to timothy mcveigh kind of like spurned him on to go blow up the oklahoma city uh building in uh murr oklahoma the murr building um they explained uh, that what he'd had in his head, and he said that uh, you don't need to say that the government used flamethrower. A flamethrower. You simply look at the fact that the government used tanks, tanks now, tanks, and toxic gas on its own people. Uh, uh, from my perspective, uh, for the most part, the most important lesson is learn that federal agencies can do use as much deadly forces against American citizens for no good reason. That left scores of people dead, and federal agents paid no price aside from a budget increase. Uh, and then instead of you having the media and most of the politicians cheering them on in spite of the death count. And that was Jim Brevard. That was wrote by Jim Brevard. That first one is basically somebody videos a bad VHS player, and it's squiggly at the top. but And it's hard to make shit out. But they show the helicopters. I, I got through about 10 minutes of it. So when it first starts, Koresh calls the 911, and he gets the sheriff. And he's like, look, tell the helicopters to quit shooting. And you can hear the helicopters, and then you hear what sounds like rifle fire coming through. Mm -hmm. Well, supposedly they were medical 
Hueys that were not equipped, but someone got a picture of them landing in it or land shit parked, you know, because landed and parked are so close. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> parked in a field where the staging area was, and one of them has a fucking minigun in the damn door. What? Yeah. I mean, why? I don't know. I got that bastard. I know it. <laughs> and it's not that, on my finger. The gnats, <laughs> the gnats are like the like uh, taking over in here. But anyway, that that video, while it is probably sensationalized a little bit, it is eye opening. And I guess that's my thing. When all this happened, this was before Google. This was you had you basically trusted the media, the media, and the media was lied to at that point. Nobody was asking questions back in '93. Nobody, no, because they bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. I thought he was dead. He's red. This Frankenstein's monster. I think he's. They've been. Uh, they've been in the. They got the COVID. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> They'll catch a roundhouse kick to the face <laughs> of that. Oh me! But anyway, um, so once the media kind of gets wind of this, holy shit, y'all have lied to us. They kind. That's when the tides turn again. Because when Reno came out and Sessions came out, who was the FBI director, they had like a seventy-eight or eighty-two percent approval rating because they said, "Hey, I screwed up." Da da da. Well, then it comes out that not only did you lie to the American people about the fact of, and you covered it up. You covered it up. That you was the biggest thing. So you saw Clinton, and there was other things at play, but you yeah. saw Clinton's approval rating, Reno's approval rating, just plummet. Yep. And so while. It was a little late in the game to even, yeah. yeah. You're still not going to find anybody out there in the government to admit they did something wrong. And the fact is, we all know that they did. And I and my whole point to this was you couldn't research this. No. When Alex Jones started coming out, everybody thought he was a crackpot. But my thing, and unless you were listening to Coast to Coast, mm-hmm. And then if you start listening to Coast to Coast, there's a lot of people call in that says, hey, have y'all seen this footage? Get a hold of this footage if you can. And so then that kind of spawns into uh, John Doe number two or John Doe number three at Oklahoma City. And so the ball starts rolling for these conspiracy things after Waco. And so people start questioning their government, which they should yeah, all the time. Always, always. Here, here's the other thing, too. You know, talk about these these media conglomerates. So... Let's just use 93. So in 93, nobody's asking questions, and people can kind of trust whatever the media is putting out there. Then the narrative changes, and the government starts doing these this shady stuff and trying to cover things up. And um, those people that start questioning that from the, from the news side, probably people that lost their jobs. And they're starting to implement people in, in their place that will that will bow down and, and cover the government agenda, uh, you know, to – to force feed it to the citizens of the United States to the TV. So maybe it started there, uh, Arlo. Maybe that's where it started where the where we couldn't trust the media. Like that's when the that's when the change started, you know. I think that and I think that's what anybody that I don't, I don't Who lie. who was the guy? Who was who was the guy that was on nightly news every night? And when he retired, he his last little spiel he had, and you can watch the video. I cannot remember this guy's name. Cronkite? No, it was after uh, him. It wasn't uh, rather. It, it's, not, it's not that guy, Tom Brokaw. It's a uh, who was the guy? Was it Dan Rather before he did the Texas where he shot himself in the foot? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But he he his last night on the nightly news, he starts talking about this exact same thing we're talking about as far as. Don't trust everything that you hear. There's 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 more to the story, uh, you know. And, and I think he just got a belly full of it, and he couldn't do it any longer, and he left. I'll I'll research that, man. I, I've seen that video a million times. I just cannot remember what the guy's name is. It's like Eisenhower's farewell address. Beware of the military industrial complex. Yeah, and aliens. Yeah, and <laughs> if aliens. you watch American Horror Story. <laughs> um. So, I I I think you're right. I think this sowed the seeds of. Don't trust your government. Yeah. But here's the thing. You shouldn't blindly take what your government tells you anyway. You should always question. And I get in this argument all the time with people that are in leadership. First of all, if you're in leadership, you should be creating other leaders. Second of all, if you are not being questioned by your employees, you're not growing. I don't want someone to tell me that I'm the greatest thing that ever 
walked on the planet, I want somebody to go, look, man, have you thought about it from this angle? Have you thought about it from this angle? Did you even consider that what might happen, like, let's just use Waco. Have you ever considered what happens if they start shooting back at us? And that's the thing. You know, they just kind of just squashed all that shit. And it, 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 I think you're right. I think this sowed the seeds, and then I think, you know, McVeigh doing his little confession tapes before he's executed and explaining to the American people that he was pissed off because of Waco and Ruby Ridge. And then that just dominoes into a a ton of other stuff. And now questioning the government, unless you're wearing a mask for no apparent reason, a car with rubber gloves, has kind of come second nature because I don't care. You know, I know I lead in one way politically, but I'm kind of like, I want to hear what you got to say. I want to hear what you got to say. And then I'm going to try to make my own opinion. And then I'm going to do some research. And if you just blindly take what is regurgitated to you on TV, you're an idiot. It was Brian Williams. Brian Williams, okay. And he said, my biggest worry for my country is they've decided to burn it all down with us inside. That should scare you to no end as much as it scares an aging voluntary firefighter. A volunteer firefighter. Signing off from MSNBC for the final time, Brian Williams said, my biggest worry for my country uh, while bemoaning the darkness that has engulfed the nation. Um, it's it's That was his final sign-off. I mean, he basically, I mean, you take it for, you take it for whatever it's worth. Um, you know, he said that, uh, I'm trying to get all this together. It says, the truth is I'm not a liberal or a conservative. I'm an institutionalist. I believe that the place... Uh, I believe in this place and I love my country and I yield to no one. I mean, what does that say? What does that say? Um, the darkness on the edge of town has spread across the neighborhoods, communities, and appearing at local bars, bowling alleys, schoolyards, grocery stores, and must be acknowledged and answered for. Grown men and women who swore an oath to our Constitution, elected by our constitutions, uh, possess the kinds of college degrees I could only dream of and have decided to join the mob and become something um, they're not while hoping we somehow forget who they were, uh, without pointing any fingers to lawmakers specifically, they have all decided to burn it down with us inside. And that should scare you to no end as much as it scares an aging voluntary fireman. And that was it. He walked good out. for him. It was done, but that's just it. He had a belly full of, of being Bullshit. telling people lying to people and he, he wasn't going to do it any longer. So, I can't, yeah, I can't believe he's still alive. I can't to be honest with you. So he but didn't you get suicided. But you can go on YouTube and you can watch that whole uh, his last address, uh, uh, his last night on air, his you know his closing comment. So uh, watch that. So, but I, I believe ninety three is where we start looking at you know, hey, the government's lying to us, and um, has been, and has been for quite some time, and now we've we've got rid of the people that stand stern or stand staunch in their position, and. Uh, won't report the lies. We've got rid of those people, and we have a new group of people that will carry the government, the the, Hold them the agenda. They they carry the agenda now. Well, yeah, you've got that, and they they're swallowing the pills and stuff like that. But I also believe, and I had a conversation with a guy I used to work with. I really do believe there's enough young people out there that are pissed off that they're being lied to that you're going to see a stronger. It may, may not be in our lives, but hopefully their lives. Yeah, you'll see journalism. My fifteen year old daughter. Needs to make a change in the world. Come back around and know that journalism needs to be unbiased and tell the truth. God dang, that's all you got to do. Tell the truth. Just put the facts. And if somebody's out not there. telling the truth, call their ass out. Yeah, yeah. And if they don't answer your question, say, "Well, well that's not what I asked. Yeah. I asked you specifically." Yep, yep. And if they double down on it and they get pissed off, they're hiding something. Then you know that there's not. You the got facts an answer, aren't there? Yeah, you got your answer. Well, I think as far as Waco goes, it's a. Uh, it was a terrible. It, it was a terrible time in American history. I think that the cult side of it was terrible as far as what Koresh was doing, uh, and that needed to, that needed to be something needed to be done there. But I think the way we handled it uh, was not the best way to handle it. No, and that place is still standing, and they still have church. Yeah, and the funny thing is, any branch Davidian, the way it was written, any branch Davidian can worship there. So there's like two or three people that have come back and um, kind of hold services. There's a, a cabin out there that one person preaches in. Then there's a guy that escaped. Uh, 
think he walked out during the fire. He's come back. He lives on the trailer. He holds services. There's a groundskeeper there that will flat tell you he doesn't go out at night because he hears babies crying and dogs barking. Oh, and there's wow. not any dogs. So he's completely just, he's, he's it's it's mashed shit. potatoes. Yeah. 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 And oh. so at the end of the day, you had a religious zealot man that convinced the messiah with a mullet yeah that convinced (laughs) now why he while he i guess maybe i should retract that i don't guess he was a zealot he had some crazy end of days theories but at the end of the day he was sitting on a small what 70 acre ranch in texas living in squalor Minding his own business, yeah. teaching that the government's going to destroy everything, and then the government played into it and did. They said, "Guess what? Hold my beer. This is what's about to happen. We're going to burn this place to the ground and kill everybody." Yeah, so, yeah. And my, th- I guess my thing is, at the end of the day, whether you believe that he should have been eradicated, whether you believe he shouldn't have been eradicated, the way that it was handled was horseshit. I just go back to the whole time where we know we had uh, we had agents inside, Telling and they knew him. his every move, and he went went to town every week. He wasn't he wasn't barricaded into this place no he, he's not jim jones in a yeah, foreign country right it, and that's how they treated it exactly that's how they treated it yeah but the, it, it, but here's the thing what are you six months re- removed from ruby ridge you shoot a dog in the ass running away from you, you kill a 14 year old kid and then you shoot a woman holding a baby right between the eyes yeah Nothing was learned. You know why nothing was learned there at Ruby Ridge? Because the same son of a bitches in charge there are charging Waco. And nobody was held accountable. Nobody was held accountable. No, yeah, they were put held... on administrative leave, and then they were let go, and then they were rehired in another federal agency. Guess who got held accountable for Waco? Nobody. The poor children. The poor children of Waco. Of Waco and the poor children of Oklahoma City and the Murrah Bill. Yeah, yeah. That's who was held accountable. Yeah. Yep. And the de- and here's the thing, and I the lady that I watched last night said, I don't have a dog in the fight, but I'll tell you this. The blood of those children killed in Oklahoma City are on those hands that killed the children in Waco. And that's the truth. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Now, would Timothy McVeigh bomb something else? Probably. I mean, you, evil's going to do what evil does. But you you could have kicked the can down the road a little bit further to where he may have slipped up and you had a heads up. Or my whole thing with McVeigh is you you freaking executed him immediately and burned his body. Nobody knew where it went. Did they execute him? Did they burn his body? He's living in El Haim City. They, or is he is he chilling out with the Nazi war criminals down in uh, Paraguay? No, he's in Antarctica under the ice, man. Yeah. Come on, get your yeah, He's, in the, he's right. in the ice mansion, Jesus. Damn. <laughs> all right man well that's going to do it for waco uh and you guys please uh this is this is huge for us uh whatever you listen to us whatever platform you listen to us on make sure you like and subscribe it uh it it, it does it helps us it helps our numbers it helps us grow the podcast so i know you get sick of hearing me say that but uh, if you always just like and subscribe i'll stop saying it so <laughs> anyways arlo have a good weekend buddy you too man take care